Welcome to White Noise Episode 18. I'm Kyle Sullivan. I'm Ian Kahn. And I'm Ethan Gelinas. And now, one of us isn't wearing pants. Da, 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 da. That's going to be our new thing. We don't actually have any, like, repetitive jokes going through the show yet. We need something. Oh, we have a few, I'm sure. But, uh, I mean... I'm sure we'll develop something. Maybe I'm just not actually wearing pants. <laughs> so, episode... We're going to be on episode 19 before the day's over. That's exciting, right? Yeah, That's depressing. That's so cool. We, we'll be able to go through episodes so much faster now. But it'll seem like it to us. It'll still seem the same. Well, I mean, you know. No, it'll be faster to everybody else, too. Bizarre. How we can just take... <laughs> do the exact same thing and make it better. We've improved <laughs> through absolutely no, no merit of our own. I love this scenario. <laughs> so, let's see. I made a... Uh, I, I redid my website, as I mentioned last episode. Yeah, it looks nice now. I know, it's so cool. It's like all nice and clean, and and uh, if you look in the code, it actually looks like an actual website. If anybody's an, a, a coder out there, if you ever tried to look at my web code, I'm sorry. You probably passed out. Also, I, I got promoted. You got promoted? Well, now I have a title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got the full about page. The uh, the about page on the last site before I updated this wasn't didn't even have anything on it. It was just a bunch of broken images. But now I'm a, I'm a dark lord of kitten smuggling, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm apparently an owl-themed superhero, which I I, I know nothing about. Um, <clears throat> you know, I always kind of figured you for like an owl-themed villain. No, no, I, I use my power. I use my powers for good. I mean, I what powers? <laughs> That'll be the running joke. Our weird pauses after everything Ethan says. Come on, enough with that. It's actually that's that's. You know how horrible that makes me feel. <laughs> no, it should be great. It takes a lot to stop us dead on our tracks. It's really a very prideful thing. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a bad thing. I mean. You are the balance that keeps us in check. <laughs> I, I honestly, I don't know what it is. It's just every now and then you'll say something, and I just don't know what to say next. It's, it's, uh... There's just no way to top what you say. I am actually not paying attention at all at this point. <laughs> I'm doing something else entirely. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I found out... <coughs> that was weird. Um, I, um, I found out that I have, uh, I have no tuberculosis. Throat, throat cancer, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's horrible. <laughs> I, um... I found out how to embed uh, RSS feeds into my actual website, so I can now update my news posts automatically just by posting up a uh, you know a new one on the blog. And the white noise page is now embedded on my site and everything. It's really uh, I don't know. It's just all nice and cleaner, and I'm I'm very proud of it. Oh hey uh oh uh, uh, unrelated note. I am currently reading um I'm reading the uh, Grapes of Wrath. Oh really? How's that? I thought it was going to be terrible. It turns out it's not. It has wrath and grapes. How bad can it be? I, you know, I wasn't terribly fond of it, but it was okay. You know, you already know my relation to grapes. So, but um, <laughs> but the grapes of wrath. It, it's, uh, you know, I, whenever we read these literary masterpieces in English, you know, half of them are just pretentious. But this one is actually. I know it sounds. It makes me sound dumb to say that they're present pretentious, but. I mean, no, I The agree. Great Gatsby was terrible. I'm sorry. Okay, you know, this is actually kind of interesting, because I was just going to mention The Great Gatsby, because I just read it again, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, really? Why? Because it's... the writing was fantastic. Okay, the, the story, writing... I don't care about I mean, but the writing was just The writing brilliant. is pretty. It's pretty, it sounds nice, it, it, it feels nice when it rolls off your tongue, but the plot is stupid. There is no plot <laughs> until Chapter 7. I'm well, sorry. Don't you see, uh, uh, this, is, this is great, because this is like one of those, those nice cliches. Daisy is the American dream. Oh, Past that, it all makes sense. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You know what the whole plot is? 
This is the whole plot. Aaron Fitzgerald was drunk through seven chapters of the book, and then he was like, oh, gosh, there's no plot. Quickly, let's, let's some, run someone over with a car. Well, I would hope so, because that must be like, you know. I'm not joking. That's what happens. That's the whole plot. I don't usually care for school-assigned books, um, except for The Count of Monte Cristo. I really, really like that one. I want to See, read I that. tried to read that, but I got the unabridged version, and it's like a thousand pages long. Yeah, really I, I read hey. the abridged version. I own the unabridged one. I haven't tried reading the full version yet. but the Hey, uh, can I borrow that, actually? Because I kind of want to read it. Um, yeah, probably. It is a very thick book, though. Hey, I read Dracula Unabridged, and that was great. I thought I think the Unabridged version is much better than the Abridged. Oh, really? That would be interesting yeah. to try that one. Like, uh, I, I really hated To Kill a Mockingbird until I read it outside of class, and then I loved it. To Kill that a Mockingbird okay. is a great book outside of class. Um, the Mark Twain books were pretty good. Animal I didn't like great. any of the Mark Twain books. Really? I liked Huck Finn. Well, like, um, I, I Huck didn't Finn. mind Huck Finn. So here's the thing with Huck Finn, though. Besides, once you get past the dialect thing, which, you know, is a stumbling block, um, it goes on for a while, and it's, you know, it's meaningful and everything. They do this stupid game at the end with Tom Sawyer, and it's like, <laughs> what just happened? Why did we just turn a, a poignant, meaningful novel into a children's play game for no particular reason? <laughs> like, there's another kind of children's game besides the play game. but Children's card game. The only three books I really, really didn't like were Animal Farm. What? Um, Animal Farm was great. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I didn't care for that one. Yeah, that one was depressing. Yeah, I know. And then I, I, I hated Scarlet Letter. Oh, who, if anyone likes the Scarlet Ian, do you like the Scarlet Letter? I'm not terribly fond of it. Okay, but the Scarlet Letter made me want to bleed out my eyes. <laughs> is that a thing you can do? After reading the Scarlet Letter, everything <laughs> is possible. It was atro- It was so atrocious. I mean, it was just like... It, you know what like, I learned from the Scarlet Letter? What? The word ignominious. Because he uses it like a billion times. <laughs> it does. I noticed that. Uh, but the problem with the Scarlet Letter with me is just, it. it's like, okay, let's make a book about a single mother whose ma- who's, uh, child is that of a priest. And let's make a horrible villain who likes to sell leeches, and then and, and then they take a walk through the forest, and, and then they die. It's really weird. I always imagine that character looking like Mr. Wrinkle from Visitor Ridge. Yes. I don't oh, know God. why. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It was very weird. Um, I have a friend who read the entire Lord of the Rings and imagined each character in it as a different Pokemon. <laughs> nice. What is Gandalf? What is what was Gandalf? Tell me. I I I don't know what Gandalf was. I forget. I think Frodo was a Squirtle. I would imagine that. My least favorite book in the world is a separate piece. I haven't read um, that one. God, it's awful. It's it's like there. It's another one of those books where there isn't a plot until like the last fifty pages, where some guy falls down some stairs, breaks his leg, and dies. <laughs> How do you die from a broken leg? I'd like to. It's possible. Actually. I don't know. About two hundred years ago, I think people just died. This wasn't yeah. two hundred years ago. This was like in the nineteen thirties. Oh, okay. Well, then there's no excuse. You know what book I hated? You know what book I hated with a burning, fiery passion? Hmm. I'll have to remember the title of it, but... Was it, it Fahrenheit 451? No, no, that was an okay book. I, I didn't I, mind that. No, it was, it was I, don't, I don't mind book-burning books, because, I mean, at least they have morals. That was one of my classiest puns. <laughs> yes. I think I've ever made. Wait, what did you... What was it? He said in a book I hit it with a burning fire Burning passion. passion. It's funny. No. Uh, I, you didn't get that, Kyle? You stink. Sorry. Because I, I didn't get it at first either, but... Although, actually, 
Did you know that the the point of Fahrenheit four fifty one isn't book burning? It's a uh, fascism. It's a rejection of complex ideas. It's the uh, it's the uh, the um, the boiling down of complex ideas to simple ones and the avoidance of things that are uh, take more than five seconds to understand. That is the point of Fahrenheit four fifty one. Yum. Um, the the other book, the other school assigned book that I really really love, and I just recently read it again, was uh, the Phantom Tollbooth. You got assigned the Phantom Tollbooth in school. And once in elementary school, and once early middle school. Oh my I god, I love the Phantom Tollbooth. I know that's one of my oh. favorite books. Um, my favorite assigned book is Cyrano de Bergerac. Anybody? No. no it's, about, it's a play about a Frenchman who happens to be a master swordsman. But he can't ever get the woman he loves because he has a big nose. <laughs> That's hilarious! I want to read that. However, however, uh, then there is a uh, another man falls in love with the woman he loves, and he agrees to help him by writing all of his love letters and poems and things. That's a nice guy. Nice. Wait, I does love he do his it. Book. Like, does he like anti make him love her or something? No, no. He, he goes into it like, full full fledged. He lives vicariously aww. through these. What a nice guy. You know, I, I wish there were more people like that. You know, if I can't have her, you can. Aww. Aww. <laughs> but it's, it's my favorite. I think this has quite possibly been the most sophisticated conversation we've have had on the show so far. It's also the most boring. <laughs> so... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I forgot what my, my least favorite book was, though. Oh. 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 I remember. Um... I can't, I can't remember it right now, but pretty much the plot <laughs> the plot was there was a treasure buried in a house, and they had to find it. And when they finally found it, all the main characters died from falling rocks. <laughs> there was no moral lesson learned. Sounds Greek. It wasn't Greek. It was like... No, they would never have found the treasure in the Greek one. <laughs> <laughs> it was... <laughs> it was assigned in English in about uh, fifth grade, I believe. No, not fifth. That, that's it was signed in ninth grade, my first year of high school. We got we got assigned to read two literary classics by the end of the year, and I was like, okay, fair enough. So I read the Unabridged Dracula, which I I got it approved, and then I read this other one, and I can't remember. I think it was um the house the house in the cove, or it was something stupid, and it it sounded fun. It's like a like a it sounded like a pirate adventure. Because it had it had like a sw- it had swashbuckling in the description, so I was like, "Ooh, no!" It was about a very angsty teenager who finds a treasure and then dies from rocks. <laughs> I don't know how it was a literary classic. It shouldn't have been. Oh well, see, don't you understand? The first rule of literary classics is that you can't have a happy ending. That is true. Romeo and Juliet already taught me that too many times. <laughs> I thought that was a great ending. They were both really irritating. <laughs> You know what? Yeah. They were like Lost characters. I was going to say, this reminds me of Love of Lost. <laughs> uh, I like this. I think we should have one sophisticated episode, then one unsophisticated. Yeah, Considering next good. we're going to talk about video games. We'll have to have Ian go over Lost some episode later in the future once he's seen more episodes, because uh, he's, he's about... He's almost all the way through season three. I just yeah. thought of something. Mario in Lost. Raccoon suit. Done. So, just uh, I, oh. I have I have a uh, one little thing I I noticed the other day, um, just just to show how much our society has depreciated since these great works of literature. Um, it's a uh, the word blog. 
you know, the people, you know, the, the blogs yeah, yeah. That people make on the internet. I found out where that came from, and yeah. it just made me mad. Have you heard of, Have you heard where it came from? It is a, I have not. It is the word weblog. Yes. So we have blogs because with because web was too hard to pronounce. I really want to read the Count of Monte Cristo now. Is that... Not Crisco. <laughs> Crystal. <laughs> that was not planned. That was not planned. Oh my god! I want to my I make a movie. Ham. Called the Count, the Count of Monte Cristo now. <laughs> it's like a really fat guy looking for treasures on the. He finds oh, it. It's just mounds and mounds of golden butter. <laughs> can I? Can I star in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll wear I'll wear a fat suit and everything. Yeah, yeah you can be the leader. Count role. of Monte Crisco. All right, so sandbar <laughs> update. The sandbar. The, the guy is still there. Is he? He's, he's back. He left a while ago, but now he's back. He shows the same backwards blue ball cap and the shirt, which says something that is probably moderately obscene, just because I don't know. He looks like he'd be wearing one of those shirts. <laughs> and uh, he's got the beer and um. I don't know, he's, he's actually got, like, people surrounding him. This this must be a pretty cool guy. Oh, cool story, bro! No, 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 don't you see? He's been found out, and this is right before they lynch him. <laughs> Wait, this is exactly who this guy is. He's the cool story, bro guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he belongs in the bar. Uh, There's also a guy with a jersey that says zero on the back. Wow, we're number that? zero. We're number zero. Hey, that's yeah. exactly how I like to play sports. Oh, yep, you're right. <laughs> It's, um, it's not even like oh. zero zero. It's just one. Yep, it's just a zero. <laughs> uh, there seems to be a child in the sandbar now. Oh, he's gone. It was in fact a woman crouching. <laughs> <laughs> They're similar, you know. But the Bill Gates guy is still hanging on the left of back there. You know. Oh yeah, look at that. He kind of reminds me of Dwight, actually. Oh, what, what the heck? Is. What? Some guy has, like, a blinding light in his hand. Oh, God. Yeah, look at that. Now it's gone. Sudden light. He must have taken his cell phone out. <laughs> no. Or he's signaling, signaling he's to signaling us. signaling the cult. <laughs> you know, the funny thing the is, everybody cult. except the, uh, the the Bill Gates guy, the Zero jersey, and the Cool Story Bro guy all are the exact same color. <laughs> they all have the same haircut. <laughs> yeah. Everyone really like... in this bar has the same haircut. <laughs> I wonder if this is just, like, a Laurentian thing. Like, you can't live here unless you look like this. Unless you have this haircut and this t-shirt. And this polo. You have to have a polo and a t-shirt. Yeah, that's true. Uh. It, it was probably just a strange combination of something in the background and somebody's head, but um, it looked for a second like I saw some weird Star Wars creature hanging out by the bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that, too. It was like a little turtle. Have I ever explained uh, my debate teacher's Star Wars names? On this show? I don't think so. I don't believe so. Okay, this is a pretty good story. I would probably um, remember, too. So, so my, uh, my debate teacher, Mr. Fox, fantastic guy. Um, uh, <laughs> Ian, why did you make that joke? Oh, I didn't say that. Dang it, I hate you. Wait, what, what did you say? Fantastic guy, fantastic guy. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, that was the... I, I'm a little bit higher count, that's a lie, I really don't. But So Mr. Fox used to work in Hollywood. Uh, he was an executive guy, really? right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, oh, he was always full of stories, and the best part of it is we could never figure out if, in fact, uh, he was telling the truth or not. Because some of them sounded plausible and some of them didn't, but he swore some of the fake ones were true and some of the, the, uh, the, the true-sounding ones were fake. And so we can never tell how, how uh, you know, 
whether the story we're about to hear is, is any validity to it at all. So one, <laughs> one such story was, um, he's you know in Hollywood, right, in the middle of Los Angeles. He walks into a bar one night, and he sees George Lucas slumped over the bar, just dejected as can be. You know, he's got a few glasses beside him, uh, clearly been, been going at it. And he sits down and he goes, George, what's wrong? How can you be sad? You're George Lucas. You created Star Wars. You are a billionaire. You are one of the most loved people in the country. He goes, you know what? It's just I try my hardest, and uh, you know, like I, I, I've just looked. I've just seen the, the movie reviews for Attack of the Clones, and it's just been a really rough time. I'm beginning to wonder if it's all worth it. And, and uh, Mr. Fox, you know, nice guy that he is, says, oh, don't worry about it, George. I mean, come on. You've got a lot of great ideas. You, you, you're bound to go only up from here. I mean, just look, look. for instance, all of the names you created in Star Wars. That takes creativity. That takes talent. And at this point, George Lucas breaks into tears for a moment. He says, look, and he looks up and he says, no, no, you understand. All of those names are just based off of a formula. And so then, of course, Mr. Fox inquires, well, what's the formula? So, are you ready to figure out your Star Wars name? Sure. Okay. Step one. Take the first three letters of your last name. Okay. Gel. Now, take the first two letters of your first name and squish them together. Jelleth. All right. This is your first name. I'm now. sulky. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Jelleth. I am jelleth. I am jelleth of you, sulky. I am a, I am Kanya. <laughs> now I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> you take the first two letters of your mother's maiden name. Okay. And then you put on the last, and at the end of that, you put the first three letters of your hometown. Okay. And that's you put those together, and that's your last name. Jelleth Cohill. <laughs> Jelleth Cohill. It's not bad. I am jealous of you, Sulky. Cohill. Kyle. I'm Sulky Scus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up being a Kanya Malaya. Ooh. You sound like a warrior so princess. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but so we, we so Mr. Fox tells the story in our class and we go through and everybody, you know, says their Star Wars name. Yeah. And we get to the last guy and he's like you know what, I, I don't really want to share mine. This guy is great, because Mr. Fox has this policy where at the beginning, when he calls roll for the first time, he says, whatever you want me to call you, I will. Choose carefully, because the first things out of your mouth after I say your name are what is what I'm going to call you for the rest of the year. <laughs> and so they get to this guy, and he says, I don't care. And sure enough, <laughs> all year, we just called him, I don't care. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, his luck with names did not seem to get much better. He's like, I, I really don't want to share mine. Mr. Fox says, no, no, you got to. We're like, uh, no, that's okay. He says, come on. And we, we all urge him on. He goes, oh, fine. It's Barney Shid. <laughs> what? <laughs> Barney Shid. B-A-R-N-I-S-C-H-I-D. Barney Shid. I mean, it's it's not quite as entertaining as the fact that yours turned out to be sulky. I have to admit, but <laughs> Barney shit—it's just like a bad name. I am jealous of Barney's last name. Anyways, uh, dear listeners, please 
please email us your Star Wars names and the best ones we will read aloud. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, so let's see. Story time part two with Ian's story thing. Okay. This is an experiment because uh, uh, some of my friends are in Scotland, and so I've been emailing them. Um, and so I have this written down in short story format, and it may be much less funny if I read it aloud, but we'll try it and see. The only background information that you terribly need to know is that I have a roommate named Madison, and his mother is our, our landlord, I think. And our washing machine broke a while back. There is a little bit of obscenity in it, uh, so I'm going to use my favorite censoring trick of just replacing all the profanity with fruit. <laughs> um, my day has held all of the usual excitement of a Thursday, which is to say that although it presents a protagonist, a conflict, a dramatic resolution, and a happy ending, these things, unfortunately, are, respectively, only me, the fact that the 912 Baylor Blue shuttle bus no longer seems to pass by my stop, a frustrated and grumbly 15-minute power walk to the Baylor Science Building, and arrival in class just in time to start taking notes. Although I feel its chances on the New York Times bestseller list are a little low, I think the story definitely has a future as an alternative treatment for folks who find themselves sleepwalking on Ambien. <laughs> my day has had the additional spice of being host to one other episode, though. Uh, after my Roman Civ class, I decided to take a nap on the sofa for a bit. This went well for an hour and a half or so, at which time I found myself jolted awake. As my eyes snapped open, they caught a frame of a large man with a greasy tangle of a mullet in that strangely mottled skin tone native only to repairmen, bar barreling around the corner of the sofa towards the water heating cabinet barking at the top of his lungs, and you may want to brace yourself here. Uh, Mango! Son of an appling pear! This could be a papaya disaster! Um, when I had last been awake, the duplex had been absent of even Madison, not to mention the oily, gorilla-shaped reservoirs of swear words. So this was, I like to think, understandably, a little bit of a surprise. The man threw himself into the cabinet, rooted around for a few seconds like an armadillo trying to barrow its way out of a starved lion's den breathed a sigh of relief and aerosolized sweat and stepped back. Only then did he turn around and notice I was there. Turns out Mrs. Jeter had finally arranged for someone to come fix the washer, and Madison had forgotten to tell me. The repairman, not knowing that Madison had had a roommate, uh, and seeing that Madison's car was gone, had let himself in. Apparently, I am just a very inconspicuous sleeper. His response to my presence was a cheerful hello, and asking if I wouldn't mind helping him sop, out, sop up some of the leaky water completely ignoring the fact that a few minutes prior he had been a freight train that billowed profanity and burned filth for fuel. Groggily, I told him I'd be there in a minute. I stumbled into the bathroom, twisted the faucet to wash my hands, and heard a little gurgle that was immediately followed by a swick and another blush-worthy string of swears. I looked out <laughs> into the kitchen to see him wheeling around, a track of skin showing through the grime on his cheek like a bullet graze. Plumbing, it appears, is a mysterious thing, and that little twist of the faucet had translated into a veritable spring jetting out from one of the hoses in the kitchen. <laughs> My sympathy for anything other than Madison's rug was, I'm afraid to say, rather limited. Eventually, the man ma managed to wrestle the machine and all of its newly minted components, the most vital of which resembled nothing less than a MacGuffin of a Doctor Who season finale, back into its niche. As he was done, doing his last checks on the ever-so-important and hopefully now ever-so-less-likely-to-fail connections in the back, he paused for a moment. He straightened up and, without a word, deposited a twisted, dripping, and belinted pair of pastel purple panties onto the countertop. What? His mouth was surprisingly silent. 
but his eyes glittered like nothing else in his filthy, dirty person or in his possession had for years. Where from? Why? When? Perhaps. We shall never know. <laughs> All right. Wow. And that's my story. That is the most spectacular, thrilling, just, I, oh my, that was great. <laughs> I, I'm not being sarcastic. That was actually brilliantly written. Oh, thank you. Oh, it was, uh... you, you could publish these and get them published <laughs> and like, uh... What was the viable option since my other one is Latin? <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would support you fully in a... A, in a, as a, in a story writing position, because you could go far, in my opinion, yeah, I'm very far. Surprised you haven't actually like written anything yet. You know, it's always been on my list, but then you know, I don't <laughs> do it. So you I can do it. Doing things like podcasts. Yeah, oh. No, that's not the problem. Ian. <laughs> I feel so so. I feel terrible now. Ian, I will help you write. Okay, we need a protagonist. Who do you want the protagonist to be? I think he needs to be a pirate. Okay, he will be a pirate named Jeff. Scruff beard. Except he doesn't have a beard, of course. <laughs> yes. No, in fact, it's a really, it's a really, really terrible beard that just looks like, like face stubble. He really just shaves it because it's embarrassing. <laughs> yes. And his 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 entire family line. Has oh, okay, from... I got it. I got it. His name is ironic. He's a hipster pirate. <laughs> <laughs> you probably haven't heard of him. <laughs> This is actually like a, an amazing idea a video about a hipster pirate. Jeff Scruffbeard. And he has instead of a instead of a parrot, he has an owl that perches on his shoulder. Of course. His parrots are too mainstream. Yes. Maybe he wears a monocle without a lens. Hurts <laughs> <laughs> not prescription. <laughs> you monster. Or I'd be plundering your vintage sweaters. <laughs> Watch for it on Newgrounds, people. <laughs> <laughs> Dramatic reading of Jeff Scruffbeard. The hipster pirate. Oh, the hipster pirate. Oh my goodness. This, this can be a group project. You can, you can do... Oh man. Uh, there we go. <laughs> wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add this to my list of project ideas on my website right now. Jeff Scruffbeard, the hipster pirate. <laughs> Put in the monocle thing. That has to be a major joke. <laughs> I was plundering before it was cool. <laughs> There's some great opportunity for something about pirating a god-awful music. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it could go really well into a song, also. He's Jeff. Jeff's grass beard. And there's just like a, a single acoustic guitar. Yeah, the I was say, it has to be like one of those twee folk pop kind of bands or something. <laughs> His eyes were like the sunflowers of my soul. See, I have a keyboard and stuff now, and we also have JP who can sing. We can't use anybody who can actually sing. Okay, that's, that's true. Point. Maybe uh, I can so, do it. <laughs> but if you, give me, if you give me lyrics and you tell me... Like, sing. I will actually practice and get better, and I will sing. I think we need to do this, Ian. This, this, is, this is something you're going to help write. Of course. I think you can do song lyrics pretty well. You're more into the poetry than I am. Can I help, please, with anything? Um, sure. Well, I mean, you kind of already gave the idea. <laughs> I mean... But I want to be, like, either a voice actor or something. Yeah, we need to, we need to keep coming up with stuff to, to do with this, and then I'll, I'll have JP perform it, and then I'll make a video to go along with it. 
Uh, is this going to be like a live action thing? No, I think I'll do an animation. Oh. This will totally yeah, be a thing, Yeah, it's kind of hard to actually rent a ship and yeah. <laughs> get a non-prescription uh, monocle. We could just get some Quincoops vans and they could probably procure one for us. <laughs> uh. Oh my goodness. Well, that just about does it for this show. <laughs> By the way, I, I just had to say, Ian, your portrait, like... Have you read 1984? I have not, actually. Really? Kyle? No, I haven't. You have I mean, read... I know the basic idea and stuff. Yeah, Big Brother is watching you. Um, when I read the description in my mind, when the, when the posters of Big Brother is first described, that, like, that goes, that's what goes through my head whenever, whenever I see your Skype portrait. Yet, oh. somehow, oh, yeah. your gaze is more trusting. And <laughs> it's like I, like, I remember in the book, it, it described it as a face you could trust. A big brother who always is watching you and protecting you. And I don't know why, but it's just like, huh, this is so awkward. Because I'm just staring at this face for like 20 minutes. We'll have to have uh, Rachel on the show sometime. That's true. We will have to. Who's, who, oh, Rachel, okay. I don't know. Ian's girlfriend. Ah. She's the one who drew the picture. Oh, yeah. It's really good. Is it? Was it drawn on She's a blackboard, trying, by the way? No, it's, it's a colored pencil. Oh, it looks like it's drawn on a blackboard. Or not a blackboard, a, a dry erase board. Just no, the way it's, it's shaded. I mean, she's a. That was. I mean, it's much better in real life. My mom wants it looks to frame good. it. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, is uh, it makes my, my that that tie look natural. Um, it was actually a joke because I was we were going to uh, the Kirk's graduation. Yeah. And mm. I was wearing just you know a button-up shirt, and Rachel says, "Ian, you aren't nearly formal enough. Here, take this ribbon, and I will tie it around you in the, like an old <laughs> Victorian style." And so I went to the Kirk's graduation with a pink ribbon around my neck <laughs> and everybody just stopped and stared at me for a second like what <laughs> and it was great because i just totally forgot about it but this is also the day we were moving out um you know to go back home because that's the last day we get to baylor so this is also the day i first met her father um and he walks in he's like ha <laughs> it took a second to hit me <laughs> yeah, it took a second for me to hit me too. <laughs> Ian, you make excellent first impressions, I gotta say. What, what did you say to Royce's girlfriend again about. Do you remember that? Which one? The, uh, the, this is the first time I've seen you not through a window or something. <laughs> yeah, <that> was... <laughs> you know, the funny wow. thing is, I, Explain I that have... before you come off really bad. I don't remember the context of that particular It's situation. because last time you told me that the first time you saw her, you just saw her through a car window and you waved at her as she was driving oh, away. that's right. And I so remember, yeah. next time you actually talked to her, you said, this is the first time I've seen you, that, but not through not a window. Not through a window. Which, of course, <laughs> never sounds good in any context. Well, see, on one hand, I thought she would be, you know, if she was, it was Devlin's girlfriend, actually. Oh, Devlin, that's right, not Royce. Yeah. If I, if, but I thought if she was Devlin's girlfriend, she must be strange enough to appreciate it, right? <laughs> Not the stalking, but the, you know, the fact that it wasn't quite what I meant to say. But it turned out she just thought I was strange. Yeah, she didn't really seem to, she just kind of looked at you. I mean, well, you know, they, uh, they didn't stay together for terribly long. I think this is probably part of it. <laughs> Alright, so that does it for this show. Um, I think, uh, Ian, if, do you think you could give me that, uh, that picture actually to put up on the fan art section of my website so people can come see it now that we're talking about uh, it? It's really good. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Okay. I'll do that right now. I think right that now, counts actually. as fan art since you're, you know, part of the group and it's of you. So. <laughs> okay. Um, can someone please make a, a picture of, like, a super, an owl-themed superhero? Hey, please. I can find one of those for you right now. I've, I've begged for fan art before. People don't seem very into it, but we're always accepting. Lazy. I will, I will sick 
Jeff's scruff beard on you. He will pillage your vintage sweaters. <laughs> that will make you listen to his new band. If you'd like to send us comments or questions, Kyle Sullivan at whitelightninghq.com, or you can call and leave a voicemail at 206-309-0657. So, we'll see you next week. Bye.